Good morning, everybody. Thanks for coming to church. Good to see you guys. Hey, everybody watching online. Love you guys. Um, you know, let me just invite you in to the prayer season that will go beyond the prayer season. Uh, it's 21 days. It's a great way to start the year. And you know how sometimes you need kind of a kickstart to get things going right in your life. Uh, but this year is going to find us uh, really going after um, a life of prayer in the life of our church, and hopefully it will have an impact on you personally. Uh, I really do believe that the day of just going to church is over. Uh, I like what one guy said, we're not returning. We don't want to return to normal. We want to return to supernatural. So, uh, so I'm going to invite you to be a part of uh, the prayer life of our church. Dive in. You can grab one of those devotional books. Uh, it's, it's short chapters, but a uh, great way to dive in. And I really want to invite you to consider coming to pre-service prayer uh, for this meeting. It's 1045. It's a 15-minute prayer time. Sometimes the best way to learn how to pray is to get around praying people, and uh, it, it, will, uh, it will help you, it will help our church, and if you're part of our church, that means it'll help you. So I just want to encourage you to, to get into that, and you're going to be hearing more and more about uh, the prayer initiatives of our church. I just want this place soaked with God seeking people and supernatural ministry. Can you believe with me for that? Amen. Today I want to speak clearly uh, and I have a word in my heart that I want to share with you. I'm going to start a series of messages called Living Stones, Living Stones. And uh, you'll see where this is coming from in the scripture in just a minute. I just read uh, just a week or two ago about this idea that a record four and a half million people quit their jobs in November of 2021. Um, I thought that was a lot, but then I looked and saw that 4.2 million people had quit their jobs in October of 2021. And that 4.4 million people had quit their jobs in September 2021. So there's no question something is happening in our society that many people are, are calling the great resignation. And I was uh, listening to a guy named Mike Rowe, and he was talking about the ongoing impact all of this is going to have on the American way of life, uh, that eventually we're going to see the residual of all this is that our roads won't be in as good a shape, um, our electricity uh, will start to break down in certain places because it's not being kept up, um, even something that we probably all enjoy, indoor plumbing, will be affected uh, by this. And so it's an interesting time to be alive. Uh, and it's, it's just all a kind of this 2021 uh, after effect of the pandemic hitting in March 2020 and onward. And there's a lot of driving forces, I think, that are causing this great resignation 
to happen. You know, one of them is the pandemic itself. Uh, people fighting through illness or family members or people they love or friends or business associates fighting through the pandemic. Um, there was a long season where there were government subsidy for people and they just said, you know, I can do as well with what the government's sending me than going back to work. So I'm not going, I'm not going to go back to work. And then there were several businesses that had so little margin for any kind of error that when they got shut down, uh, they couldn't recover. So it's like all of these um, issues and forces were uh, or have been at work in our society. And then there is really, I think, a, a cultural mind shift that has people retreating from interaction with other people. Um, I remember the first time I saw uh, you know, a football game on a Saturday, a college football game or a pro game, even on Sunday. And I, wa and I saw all these people jammed together and there was a part of me that went, wow, they're awfully close to each other, aren't they? That's never a thought I ever had before. But there's a lot of people that, uh, that have been moved into a place where they are concerned and they're fearful about interacting with other people. And then there's just the chance that people have quit their job, hopeful to get a better job. So anyway, there's, you could probably come up with your own ideas of what's forcing all this to happen. So the effect that it's starting to happen is if you go to a car lot now, many car lots are just almost empty of new cars and they're just having to sell old cars. You have to get parts for repairs for things that you own. It's harder and harder to get those parts. And so my point is there is a thing called the great resignation, and that's having an impact on all arenas of our nation and our world. And the reality is we're all living in this world and we're all having to learn how to not be sucked in to what the world is doing. And the idea that the great resignation is taking place has not only affected uh, buying a car, getting parts for repairs or, you know, whatever else is going on, whether you can still go to McDonald's and actually get a hamburger if you want one, right? But it's, a, it's impacting the church. And many, many churches have been hit hard by the great resignation. And in some ways, our church has been hit hard by the great resignation. We have people that have just dropped out and ghosted our church. And we have people that were on teams and they're not on teams anymore. And there's a lot of things that are going on where the great resignation is gonna have an impact on the entire uh, nation and everything that goes on in the nations. I would like to issue a call to our church to resign from the great resignation. I would like to ask you to become part of the great engagement, which I believe will take us into a great awakening. I think we are positioned for a great awakening. 
in our world. And you've been hearing me say it over and over, and I'm going to keep on saying it. The world at its worst needs the church at its best. And you and me, we are the church. So here's, here's where I'm coming from. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, coming to him, to Jesus, as to a living stone which has been rejected by people, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verse six, for this is contained in scripture. Behold, I'm laying in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone. The one who believes in him will not be put to shame. This precious value then is for you who believe. But for unbelievers, there's a stone which the builders rejected that actually became the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, for they stumble because they are disobedient to the word. For this, to this, they were also appointed. But you, everybody say me. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on. Jesus is the cornerstone that life emanates from. Jesus, as a person, as God, in a relationship with Jesus, Jesus is the source of life. Zoe life which is the God kind of life. Jesus is the source of abundant life. Jesus is the source of overcoming life. Jesus is the source of eternal life. Anybody found that to be true? John, let me give you a couple verses just to kind of lay some foundation. John 1, 4, in him Jesus was life, and the life was the light of mankind. John 3.15, so that everyone who believes will have eternal life in him. Eternal life isn't just life that lasts a long time. Eternal life is a quality of life, right? John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. John 6, 48, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I've come so that you would have life and have it more abundantly. John, Romans 5, verse 21, so sin reigned in death. Also, grace reigns through righteousness to give us eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. In other words, when the life of Jesus is working inside of us, we are reigning in life. So here's the picture, the simple picture. When we connect with the living stone, 
Jesus, the chief cornerstone, we become living stones. That's, I know it's deep. Built together into a spiritual house that becomes a habitation of God's very presence on the earth. That God's life is present in his church. God's, God's house, the church, is, is intended to be a place full of life, full of zoe life, full of abundant life, full of overcoming life, full of eternal life. Uh, a life-giving church, which is what we are, is built on the giver of life, Jesus, with his life flowing into and through each one of us. So it's not, it's really a both boss kind of proposition. Jesus is the cornerstone that he is the source of life. We are the living stones that that life flows into and through. Everybody see that picture? So John 4 verse 14 this is Jesus speaking. He says, whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty, and the water that I will give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to eternal life. So the idea is there is a, a spring, there is a fountain, there is a flow of life that is going to flow into us as believers in Jesus that is going to flow out and touch other people. There is a difference between a living stone and a dead stone. Pretty quiet in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> I learned pretty early in ministry that you can't drag rocks around and not get completely worn out. I learned you can tell when it's a rock, it, when you are pulling, it's moving, but when you quit pulling, it stops moving. And I remember learning how to go I got to fuel fire rather than drag rocks. That, and anybody that's in any kind of uplifting sort of work or ministry or interaction with people will tell you if they don't want to, they're not going to. Right? So you can really only work with the willing because you would just waste a lot of time and energy on the unwilling. Jesus pours his life into you so that you would pour your life into others. Can I say that again? Jesus has poured his life into you so that you would pour your life into others. So in this season where we're going to be talking about living stones, one, I'm going to issue to our church a clear call to prayer. 
that we understand that God has given us prayer as a conduit of supernatural empowerment for our church, supernatural empowerment for you, for your life, for what's going on in your world. And there's gonna be a clear call for you and I to each use our gift to serve. There's a grace on your life. There's an anointing on your life that God wants to flow through you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna encourage us to not be constipated Christians. Let it flow. <laughs> and then I'm gonna issue a pretty clear call for us to unite together because the Bible teaches us over and over in many ways that nothing is impossible to unity. And just as the great resignation wants to seep into the life of God's church, so does this spirit of division that's in our world wants to creep into the life of God's church. We live in a divisive season. We live in a divisive culture. I'm gonna ask you to put all that aside and say, you know what? I'm gonna put aside the non-essentials and get all up and being smart about that and I'm gonna stick with the essentials. I'm gonna stick with Jesus. I'm gonna stick with the word of God. I'm gonna stick with his church. Come on. Amen. So there's many different pictures that the Bible gives us of the church and, and I wanna use one today just to talk for a few moments about us being living stones. Ephesians 4, verse 14. As a result, we are no longer to be children. Uh, I think the, the message translates this, no prolonged infancies. Tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up Somebody say, grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. From whom, from Jesus, the whole body being fitted, held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part, it causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So let me, let me talk to you about a couple of ideas here for a moment. Number one, Christ is the head of the church, right? Speaking the truth in love, verse 15, we're to grow up into all aspects and to him who is the head, even Christ. Come on, the Bible tells us that Jesus rules supreme over everything, all principalities, all powers, all governments, all everything. We get to serve under the one who has all authority in heaven and earth. The, the, church, is, the church is not just sort of a side issue in society. We are the way that God is going to move into this world. All of the life flows from him to us. 
So it's each one of us having our own personal relationship with Jesus, but it's also each one of us coming together with those personal relationships and allowing his life to flow into us and then flow through us. We are here not to do whatever we want to do and ask God to bless it. We are here to obey the will of the master. All the ideas about what our church is going to do. You might have your idea about what the church is going to do. But can I just tell you, we are committed to do what Jesus wants us to do in the house. So the source of life for our church is Jesus. God is wanting to flow his life into his church. God wants you to have a life, right? An abundant life, an eternal life, a Zoe life. I can't create life. I have to receive life. You can't create life. You have to receive it. And our church is committed to being a life giving church. We're not, we're not here to harp on what God is against for you. We're here to harp on the fact that God is for you. I hope you've got that clear. God is for you. He's not against you. He may not approve of everything you do or that I do, but he's always for you. Come on. The second thing I want to say here is heaven's life flows through people. So Jesus is the source of life. Heaven's life flows through people. Verse 16, Ephesians 4, from whom the whole body being fitted, held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, this causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. We're fitted and held together by what every joint, every relationship supplies. The supply happens at the joints. God gets his best to us through people. Can I say that again? And that's why it's so important to not let bad experiences with people start to isolate you from people. Sometimes you can go, I am done with people. I'm just going to do this by myself. That is the worst decision you could ever make. Because God pours his life into our life. Who knows that the next relationship, the next person, the next area of involvement that you get in could be the thing that, that is, pushes you into a whole different level. Life flows from heaven through people. I would say it's also true that hell flows through some people. Come on. Right? And I think it's worthwhile to look at all the relationships in our world and go, that's heaven. That's hell. 
And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that one at a pretty strong distance. Here's the picture. I'm connected to God. You're connected to God. Life is flowing to me. I'm connected to people. God's life is flowing out of me. The most valuable people on the planet are people who are connected to God and connected to people. If you're just connected to people, they, people will drain everything you've got. If you're just connected to God, you'll never be useful for his kingdom. I remember the day, I don't know how many years ago it was, but I'm riding in my car, I'm not even thinking about any of this, and the Holy Spirit just speaks to my heart and says, you know, you'd be more valuable to me if you'd be more friendly. Some of you could listen to that advice for yourself. Some of us, you might hear the Holy Spirit say, you know, you'd be more valuable to God if you could show up on time. <laughs> but I understood I'm a project person and I've got to make sure I could bury myself in a task list and be a happy little camper. But I know that the importance of what God wants to do in and through my life, just the way he wants to do in and through your life, is through your connections, through people. The whole body is fitted and held together with every joint supply. When the supply of God, when the life of God flows through a connection, it's like a joint, a joining takes place. Because you know how it happens when God really uses you to touch somebody, you feel a connection with them. When God really uses somebody to touch you, you really feel a connection with them. It, it's, a, it, it's a powerful moment. And those moments can happen in all kinds of different ways, but that's where the joinings take place. And the more we isolate and the more we pull away, and so the thing is, I got to make sure I'm connected to God, but also got to make sure I'm connected to people. The third idea that I want to talk about is this. God wants us to grow up. Amen. I love my pastor. Growing older is inevitable. Darn it. Growing up is optional. This whole passage is about growing up. It says we're to no longer be children, no prolonged intimate infancies. It says we, we are to grow up in all aspects into him. It says we are all a part of the growth of the body. So let me go back to this verse again because it is so much in it. The whole body, from whom the whole body, being fitted, held together 
by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So we are fitted, we are held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part. There's two words that I find interesting in there is every and each. Every joint supplies the proper working of each individual part. In other words, every person means you and you and you and you Every person has some supply to bring. Each person has some work to do. There is no spiritual gift of spectator. I'm just going to sit back and see what happens there. You cannot be a New Testament Christian just by attending a few meetings in a building. God wants us to grow up beyond going to church and into being the church. Come on. This right here is the Bowman family high chair. We have had this high chair. Literally, my oldest daughter, Tori, is 33, and and. She used to sit in this, wouldn't fit in it very well right now. My youngest daughter, Elizabeth, 31, we used to feed her in this high chair. Now we feed their kids in this high chair. And I think all of us would think it'd be weird if we were having a meal at our house and Tori or Elizabeth showed up and said, I, I think I want to sit in the high chair. I want to. I want to. I want to have a high chair, really, because legitimately, when you're in, when you're sitting in the high chair, you never think about going to get the food. You you never think about how much that food costs. You, it doesn't even cross your mind to get involved in the preparation of that food, right? And the truth is, the last thing you ever worry about is cleaning up. Usually, you're making a total mess and then you want out. When you're in the high chair, All you're concerned about is feed me. 
And I think in Western culture, there's a lot of people who have a high chair relationship with their church. Like, they literally never think about going to get the food. Even more quiet in this Presbyterian church. They never think about the cost of the food. They never get involved in the prep of the food. They never really worry about cleaning up. They just show up sometimes every once in a while and say, feed me. I know what I'm saying is pretty direct. And I intend for it to be because I think we need clear thinking. I think we need a clear outlook. I think we have to realize the day of playing church is over. We are in a serious battle for the soul of this world. You know, when you're a new believer, then sure, you're a babe in Christ. Sure, we'll feed you. We'll pick up after you. You don't have to worry about what it costs. You don't have to worry about fixing anything. You don't have to worry about helping. You don't have to, you can make a mess and we will still love you. Matter of fact, we'll ask you to come sit in the chair again. Right? Because, but, but when you're 20 years old, when you're 30, when you're 40, when you're 50, and your sole relationship with the church is feed me. I'm saying to you with lots of love, but also with a, a clear sense of direction. If you've never gotten involved, if there was ever gonna be a time, this is it. If, if you used to be involved, but now you've, you're on the sidelines I'm going to ask you to resign from the great resignation and get engaged to get back in the game. Because here's, here's where I'm coming from. The glory of God is at stake. The health of his beautiful bride is at stake. There are people who need life and love and discipleship from you that are at stake. Our world is in serious need of a life-giving church. I made an impassioned plea last week and many of you may or may not have been here, but um, our kids 
our kids' ministry needs some of you guys to go, I see what's going on with our next generation, and I'm, I'm, I may not be like totally called to this, but I'm not gonna let the world, the devil, steal my kids, steal our kids. Heaven is looking for a people who will pray, who will pray the price and provide some kind of conduit for supernatural power to flow into this earth. You know, I was taught uh, about preaching and teaching by giving messages is that you, you start a fire, you build a bridge, you open many windows, and then you plant a signpost. In other words, a message that doesn't tell you what to do with it is not really gonna help you. So, so there's a couple of things that you could do. I mean, some of you guys are engaged. God bless you. Some of you guys are having the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. Hey, would you? we've got a Living Stones registration area out in the foyer. Just go get some info and just find out where is a place that God could use me to touch people's lives, to help make his church great. And then we're gonna have another starting point on January 30th, the last Sunday of this month, to give all, anybody, that's where you get the clearest, most concise picture of how you could be involved in, the, in growing the house of God and being a part of the house of God. But I, I'm speaking clearly, I'm speaking boldly, I'm speaking directly because I think it's time for us to consider all this. So I want you to bow your heads and I want to pray. Father, we come before you today and we are so grateful that you have given your life to redeem our life. We are grateful for all the darkness that you have called us out of and we want to be a conduit of your life and your light in this earth. So I'm praying, Father, for every person, even those that may feel unqualified or unable, that you will just spark a fire and a desire inside of each one of us to fully engage in what you are doing in the earth, in your church, through your church in 2022. With your head bowed still, your eyes closed, I just want to take a minute Maybe you have never surrendered to Jesus in a real way. I would love to pray with you. Maybe you are here today and you know there was a day when you used to be close to Jesus or closer than you are now and you know it's time for you to come home. Or maybe you just feel unsure about where you stand. Nobody looking around. I just wanna take a minute to pray, but you can say, Pastor, pray with me. I want Jesus in my world. I want to surrender again. I need to come back. I just want to make sure I'm right with God. I want you to lift your hand real high and say, that's me. Would you pray with me? Come on, anybody else just that wants to say yes to God, open your heart to Jesus, surrender to God, let him pour his life into you. God bless you. Anybody else? Amen. Thank you so much. Hey, let's pray this prayer together. This is for everyone who lifted their hand. 
I'd love for us all to say it out loud. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life, I open my heart, I open my world to your love and your lordship. I need you in my life as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I come to the cross where you have paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start and a new beginning. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.